Let's all take our Bibles now. We, we are come to the point where we're going to hear the message. And we're going to talk about one cometh after me. Let's look in Ecclesiastes chapter 2. The book of Ecclesiastes. We will begin in chapter 2 of Ecclesiastes. We probably go to another passage in the New Testament soon. But Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Verse 16. I think, uh, I mean, I, maybe some people don't care, but you want your life to extend beyond your years. You want your influence, you want your life to extend beyond your life, beyond the grave. The Bible talks about some men are forgotten as a dead man out of mind, which we know that's true. It happens all the time to people. But Abel's been speaking since he was killed six, almost 6,000 years ago. He being dead yet speaketh. His life continues. And so we want to look at this together. Uh, longevity just by doing some simple things, but we are in Ecclesiastes chapter 2. I'm going to ask you to stand one more time. Read verses 12 through, or excuse me, 16 through 21. Ecclesiastes 2, verses 16 through 21, and, and uh, we're going to read them all together as we have been doing all morning. So in verse 16, For there is no remembrance of the wise more than of the fool forever, seeing that that which now is in the days to come shall all be forgotten. And how died the wise man as the fool? Therefore I hated life, because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me, for all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Yea, I hated all my labor which I had taken under the sun, because I should leave it unto the man that shall be after me. And who knoweth whether he shall be a wise man or a fool? Yet shall he have rule over all my labor wherein I have labored, and wherein I have showed myself wise under the sun. This is also vanity. Therefore I went about to cause my heart to despair of all the labor which I took under the sun. The writer of this, Solomon, was speaking as a natural man, not seeing beyond the grave. He was just looking at the despair of life is that this life will end for all of us. And he thought it was over at that, that you'd be forgotten, that your works would be forgotten, that someone else would come in and take everything you have and spend and use it to their way. And so there was a fear, not only a fear there, but there was a despair. But that's not necessarily true. The Bible says that one cometh after me. We're looking, we're, we're looking for those who are coming after us. Let's talk about that this morning. Father in heaven, I ask that you bless this short time, the message now, for your honor and glory. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I thank you. So, in chapter 1, verse 4, it says that the generations all get their chance. I, I, I'm kind of guilty of that sometimes. I say, well... We had our chance. We had our, our time on this earth. 
But isn't that the, uh, the, the blunt truth of the matter? We all have our opportunity. We're living right now in what we're going to do with our life. You can serve your generation by the will of God, and then off you go. Now, if you're saved, you're going to heaven. You're going to be with the Lord. Many go before us. Many come after. It says in chapter 4, verse 16 of the same book, Ecclesiastes, they that come after, though, rarely care about those that went on to their long home. You know, the Bible says when we leave this world, we're going to our long home, our eternal home. But those that come after, rarely do they care about us. Dead man out of mind, and it's a vanity. It's, it says generations come. One generation cometh, it dies. Another generation is born, and we all get our chance. The Bible says in Hebrews 5.5 5, that a body hast thou given me. God loaned us this body and this life that we can serve Him and do His will on this earth. That's one of the things that makes Jesus so special as a man. He said, I came to do Thy will, O God. Yea, Thy law is within my heart. I did Thy will, O God. So we all have a life. Only what is done for Christ will last. Only one life. Soon, twill be past. I reversed it, didn't I? Life is short. Serve the Lord while you can. So we find ourselves sandwiched between many generations. You know, the Bible says God commanded His Word to a thousand generations. We haven't even come close to that yet. The thousand generations that have been on this earth. But we are in one of those you know, some people say, well, I'm my own man. I am an island on my own. I have my life. As long as I keep to myself and not hurt others, I'm okay. That's not true. One cometh after you. One cometh after you. No man liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. Now turn over to Mark chapter 1 with me. I told you we'd go to the New Testament. Let's go ahead and read this together. Mark chapter 1. Now, the greatest man that ever born of a woman, his name was John the Baptist. He was such a wonder man that everyone came to him and wondered. Even he dressed funny. He spoke funny. He was amazing. But he knew. There's one coming after me. Now look at chapter 1 verse 7. It says, He preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. A mightier man than me is right behind me. That's what he's basically saying. You know, I want us to think about that today. Someone's coming behind you, just as you came behind someone else. You're leading the way. You're blazing the trails. You're giving an example. And the Bible says that whatever we do, or whatever you are, you need to remember this. Someone's coming after you. Someone's right behind you. You've got to remember this all your life. You know, there's just subtle little hints of this in the Scriptures. Deuteronomy 22, verse 8, tells us that if you're going to, when you build your, nobody gets on the roofs these days of houses, but in the Bible they all did. They lived on the roof. They went down to eat and sleep. They spent their days on the roof. Well, you had to build a banister on your roof. 
because someone may walk up behind you, fall off of there, and lose their life. And the liability laws will be lawyers will be coming after you. No, what's his name is coming. Yeah. Forget, forgetting his name. You know who I'm talking about. Just hope he never comes after you. Exodus 21 verse 33 says that if you dig a pit, you got to look out for people walking behind you that might walk and fall into your pit. It's your job. One's coming after me. Hey, I'm just digging a pit. Well, your job is to look out for others behind you. You know, what's going on with our world in our country, putting other generations in debt just so you can keep living the life you have, that's what we're doing, by the way. We're giving our the generations behind us a debt they'll never be able to pay while we keep living it up. It's going to fall. You can't live that way. One cometh after me. They may be mightier than I. We'll talk about that in a minute. You know, the thing is, we don't get to live life the way we want to and not worry about the ramifications and the setbacks and the repercussions and the liabilities on other people. We don't get to just live our lives and don't care about any other people's lives. You're your brother's keeper whether you like it or not. You're the keeper of the generations to follow whether we like it or not. You realize there's some people who led the way for you. They led the way for me in life, in Christianity, in church life, in all sorts of life. And guess what? You're leading the way for someone else. You might be leading the way for many. So this gives us great purpose and meaning to our lives. Does it not? It gives you a wonderful meaning. I'm trying to leave something behind that other people can benefit from that come after me. How many younger brothers followed an older brother into sin and crime and suffered greatly? Because the older brother didn't realize I got one coming after me who's watching me and he's following behind. I didn't prepare for him properly. How many little girls followed an older sister into a life of sin? Became immoral. What we call a floozy. Because sister was a floozy maybe mama was a floozy they wanted to be like big sis and guess what the trouble is hard to get out of you know these are very simple truths parents but children are coming after you you know if you're going to have children just remember they're right behind you they're picking up on everything you do they're seeing all of your ways and they're going to expand upon your ways and you need to know this. You know, the Bible says in Jeremiah 9, 14 that all the young men that are sinning are saying, I learned that from my dad. I learned it from daddy. Or, Isaiah 38, 19 says, the father to the children shall make known thy truth. They're also saying, hey, my dad taught me the way of God. My dad taught me the way of righteousness. I learned it from the one before me. My father my role model you know think about it. in everyday life people are coming after us we tell people people don't drink out of the water fountain anymore well there's one down at the church down there is there it's very loud but people would always say hey don't put your mouth on there 
when you're getting a drink. Other people are right behind you, right? And then most people say, I'd rather just go without a drink because I don't know who's been before me. One cometh after me. One's always coming after me. You know, when you leave a, a bathroom or a restroom, do you leave it in better shape than when you walked in? You know someone's coming behind you. You know you came behind someone else and that's why you're upset. Because they didn't lift this principle. When you leave the restaurant where you sat, do you leave the place where you sat a better spot and a better place because you sat there? Because one's going to come after you and sit? Or do you leave it just trashed? People need to know this principle. You know, I always thought about this. The, with, with COVID, everybody had their hand cleaner, their Purell and their uh, gels. And everybody, boy, they'd shake someone's hand. They'd immediately get, they'd be baptizing themselves in that stuff because they didn't want to get sick. What's so funny about it is it's, it's never, hey, I'm going to clean my hands because I might make you sick. I might wash, I need to wash my hands because I'm going to touch your hands and might pass something on to you. The principle is one cometh after me, not me going after another. Everywhere you go, one cometh after. The chair you sit on in church, the, the hymnal that you sing with and hold, someone else is picking that up someday right behind you. It needs to be said. You know, the doctrinal beliefs that you have, you're hoping someone else will pick those up and, and learn them and adhere to them and follow them just like you do. The standards and the convictions that you have in life, the things that you won't do and the things that you will do, you're hoping somebody will pick this up after me and I can reproduce myself and others. If you have some knowledge of the truth, you want to pass that on to someone else. One, if you know Jesus as your own personal Savior, and you have it, and you're going to heaven, you want someone else to know this. You want it to be passed on to another. Why don't people have regard for this truth? Most people just don't seem to care that it goes beyond us. That's pretty selfish living. You know the famous killer, this guy, is a long time ago, his name was Eddie Arnold. He was one of the first serial killers. He... He uh, murdered many women. Said everything I learned about sin was from my own mother. He said, I'm, the day of execution, he said, this is all my mama's fault. She taught me her ways, and I never got over it. Now, uh, he's, he's, he, she, he followed her, but he's, he's uh, accountable for his own sins. We know that. You know, if you think about it, uh, grandparents, we need to leave a legacy for our grandchildren, that they will remember you as a wonderful, God-fearing, Bible-believing grandparent that was fun to be around and really loved the Lord, and you had a love for life, and you it, it just exuded onto others. And they knew it, and they will remember that long after you're gone. We have to hold to the truth. That's kind of why I'm preaching this message. You know, there's people coming after us and they're going to bring in all types of strange doctrine. We've got to stick to the truth. We have to hold on because generations following us have to have the same gospel that saves that you and I do found in Galatians chapter 1, verse 7 through 9. The gospel, the grace of Christ. We have to pass that on to others. We cannot give in. 
We're not going to leave a trail of compromise and capitulation and rolling over because the whole world is. We stay to the truth and we teach faithful men to do the same. So let me give you three thoughts concerning this. You realize, and I just want us to all see this, it's your responsibility, it's my responsibility to personally make a path for other people to follow. It is. And we must take responsibility for this. We must accept it as a fact. And then we do it. We make a path for other people to follow. One cometh after me. Many cometh after me. Okay, number two. It's quite possible that the one coming after you is mightier than you are. Better than you. Better than me. Someone might be coming up from the ranks that is better than anyone else. And I've got to lead the way so that they can find the way and get on it. This is vital. John knew this. They were calling John the greatest of all men. He said, there's one among you. You didn't even know who he is. He's mightier than I. He's greater than I. I can't even tie his shoes. You know, it's interesting. John the Baptist said, I can't even tie Jesus' shoes and I can't unloose his shoes either. I'm not worthy of either one. He's so much greater than I, but he's coming after me. And all I am is preparing a way. He said, I am a voice crying in the wilderness. That's what we're doing today. Crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. You realize... Joshua did what Moses couldn't. We read some verses from Moses and Joshua today. Joshua did what... John did what Peter could not do. Paul did what Peter could not do. Who knows what greatness is in here? You know, we look around and we don't know. You know, rarely is, is greatness immediately noticed. If you see something in... If somebody's a standout in the crowd, it's usually because they're a show-off. No, I mean, it's not greatness. Or they are just naturally talented. That's not greatness. Greatness is somebody that rises up and understands the principle that one is coming after me. You know, all of us here, we don't know who's in the midst. We don't know. The great Christian that's within us that might be better, and I'm just saying this in comparison, might be better than all of us put together. Do something really wonderful for the Lord. We know that that'll come through the pews of our church someday. We know it as a fact. There's preachers and teachers and Bible teachers and Bible students and missionaries and soul winners and faithful servants that are coming down the pike. And if we don't stay faithful, they're not going to do it. They're going to get led astray. This is what John said. He said, this is he of whom I spake when he saw Jesus. He said, this is he. He cometh after me. He's preferred before me, but he's coming after me. And I want us to really understand that. You know, the great ones probably, we, I used to always say, and I still say it, the best of us are dead. The greatest ones are already in heaven. But you know, that's probably not true. I think the greatest people that ever lived are still up to life. They're coming in the tribulation when they have to endure to end to be saved. 
They're going to go through hell on earth. They're going to stick it out for God. Guess what? The people that are being faithful to the truth today are leading the way for these people. You just don't know who you're leading the way for. You say, I can't see it. I don't see where I'm affecting anybody's life. You are. Just by showing up to church, for one thing, you are. Time will tell. Only after Jesus' baptism was it really shown that he was greater than anyone else. When the Holy Spirit came down upon him in a bodily presence like a dove, and he got the full measure of the Spirit, he immediately was driven into the wilderness to be tempted to the devil. And he came out of it with such power. Every devil that he ran into, he would expel him. He healed every person. He knew everything to say and he had the spiritual words for every moment in time. Who knows the greatness? You know, we see rebellion. We see a little kid with got a little rebellion. I see it if they get right with God. Look what God can do for them. They may be the greatest one in this room. We don't know that. There may be people in this that haven't even been born yet. Still to come. Greater than any in this room. I just want us to see it clearly. I am I never was my own. For one thing, I'm belonging, I'm headed to God for accountability, but there's people coming after me. And that's what makes life great. I'm in the middle of this wonderful chain of life of generations, and I'm gonna do my part to keep it pure and right going through. That's I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna stay faithful all the way until the end. So let me finish up by asking you a couple of questions here. Okay? Well, you see potential in people, but see potential greatness. You know what we do? We always look for, we're always such skeptics. We, we see people and we immediately start pointing out their flaws. We become real good at finding fault rather than seeing potential. When you see someone, you should automatically realize and think, man, they could really amount to something. Look at the goodness in them. Well, we do. We look at the bad. We look at where they failed. We, we kick them while they're down. We kick them before they ever fall. And we need to be better than that. Don't limit your influence on just those who you want to personally care for. All right? So, let me say this. Some of the most least likely people turn out into be greatness. Some of the most least likely. Read your Bible and see that. Some of the least likely places and circumstances on this earth produce the greatest people. People who came out of the worst of adversity end up becoming some of the greatest ones. Did you know the Bible that says that the deserts put out the better pro the prophets and all the great preachers? Not the beaches and the paradises and the jungles and the forests. No, the desert. John the Baptist came out of the desert. Moses came out of the desert. Elijah came out of the desert. Jesus came out of the desert. Paul went out into the desert of Arabia for two years to get the truth. He came out of the desert. Places where you wouldn't look. How about Jesus of Nazareth? Came out of they, what'd they say about Nazareth? Nothing's good's ever come out of there. I mean, they never put out one good person. Say, so how could he come from there? 
And no prophet came out of that area. Well, yeah, they did. Jonah did. But they didn't know that the greatest one came out of the place that everybody else had given up on. Did you know the town Bethsaida, which is, means the house of fish? Jesus cursed that town and said, no one will live there or ever fish there forever again. It disappeared because they rejected the truth. This was a town who, Bethsaida, they got the curse of God because they wholeheartedly, the whole town rejected Christ. Guess who came out of there? Peter, Andrew, Philip, three of the, uh, the disciples of Jesus Christ came out of this cursed town called Bethsaida. Don't we know that Hondo can put out good quality people? We wonder. Yes, he can. Even Castorville, right? Yeah. Even Uvalde can put out the greatest of people. Did you know that a faithless family that's just full of people that are all about themselves and less, no faith can still put out a faithful person? I've seen it many, many times. One steps out of the crowd and has faith in Christ. A troubled teenager can rise up to greatness and become a great man. The greatest of all came in the wake of many great Bible men. Now, we know, I'm about to finish up here and you'll be glad, but we know, think about this. Evil's going to abound. Evil seducers are going to wax worse and worse. The Bible says the love of many shall wax cold. We know that the churches are going to go apostate. We know that everything's going to fall apart in this world, but guess what? We also know that great ones are going to rise up. Great people are going, Christians are going to rise up. We all know it's going to happen. God said so. We know that, and it could very well be that the best is yet to come. In the Laodicean church age even, some of the greatest can still make it. So when I go back to our, uh, let me finish by saying, when I go back to uh, our original passage in Ecclesiastes, there's a vanity. It's true. We've seen it throughout the generations. My father just passed this year. You're born, you grow up, you're under your grandparents, you're under your parents, you learn, you build, you suffer, you accumulate, you grow, you do things, you do all these things, and then you build your wealth, you, you, you build your wisdom. Isn't it interesting? By the time you get wise enough to live, you can't even live anymore. You're too old to enjoy it and do it right. And then you go to heaven. And it's all left behind. And then everything you had and everything you, you accomplished and did is committed to someone else behind you. And you can't do a thing about it because you can't take it with you and you can't destroy it while you're here. So you have it and you leave it to those behind you. So the question would be, but though, why are we here are we taking from those before us and leaving it for those who are behind? Are we passing a legacy of truth, which is what we want to do at Cornerstone Baptist Church, to those who are coming behind? So you're laying up treasures in heaven before, but you're preparing for those who are following behind. One cometh after me. We work for those who cannot work because they're coming after. They're not even here yet. 
We plan for those who cannot plan, but they're coming after. We fight for those who are coming after and need somebody to fight for them now. Do you understand what I'm saying? We contend for the truth, for the elect's sake, those who are still going to get saved and we endure all things for them. Paul said, I endure all things for the elect's sake. There's people coming after me, but they're going to be counting on me to stand with the truth. So life doesn't have to be vanity and vexation under the sun. We can live up in the heavens with Christ above the sun. The Bible says to save yourself from this untoward generation so you can help the generations to come. We can serve our generation by the will of God so the next generation that comes will have a hold to the truth so they can pass it on. We will pass the, the legacy of truth to the next generation. So do you follow the paths of those who have gone before you? Are you following? Because they pay, they not John the Baptist, they made the way. You gonna follow? When you leave this place called Earth, you gonna leave it a better place because you were here? It's gonna be a better place because we were here. Are you better than your world? When a righteous man dies, the Bible says, the people mourn. There's a huge hole left behind. But if you've lived it right, those coming after are going to fill the void and keep serving God. What legacy or inheritance of, uh, of knowledge will you leave behind? Okay. And I'm coming into the uh, invitation here, but when you... Do you have a concern about people coming behind you? Have you ever even thought about it? Do you care about those that are following behind? It's hard to care about someone you never even met, but can you do it in the spirit? Caring with a true burden for the young who have no hope without us. Don't you care? Will you be a faithful man Paul said in Philippians 3.17, Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so, as you have us an example. Follow those in front of you. And he said, follow me as I follow Christ. Get in line. Join the Bible-believing band. We are, you know, I went to an ordination council yesterday and we were talking about it. How few... Bible believers are left, even in a big city like San Antonio. Oh, they're still there. They're just not as near as many as you'd think. We got to get and realize my one life, and the Bible says one righteous life is worth a thousand, so remember that. I just say this. I finish up by saying, be better than your fathers. We can do that. So it'd be hard to be better than my dad. Be better than your teachers. Be better than the ancients. Be more true than the one that was before you that look, that you look at as the true one. Say, so I'll be truer. Why? Someone's following after me. One cometh after me who's possibly mightier than I. But we do know one thing. They sure are going to need us.